Morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good. I'm going to read something that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. Here's what it says. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for your blessings. We thank you for this time, Lord, that we get to hear your word. I ask, Father, that you'll be with each and every one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When I went to college, everyone was playing some sort of sport or something. And I told myself that I'm not going to play any more sports. Because when I was... Growing up in school, the one sport that we used to like is, uh, you know, we used to like playing rugby. And uh, for me, uh, a lot of people go play rugby, and they play rugby for fun. I don't play rugby for fun. When I go play rugby, I look at the opposition, and in my heart, I've murdered him. And that's just the way I play. You know, most of the guys that we used to play with, we, we, we look at the opposition, and there's only one thing in our mind. Murder that guy on the other side. There's certain sports that may be good for some people, but it may not be good for you. Now, you, you, there's some card games out there as well that are, may, may be good for other people, but there's some card games not good for me. Because in that card game, I end up stealing, cheating, and then lying about it. So there's some games that are not good for you. So for me, I, I purposed in my heart that when I gave my life to God that I wasn't going to play any contact sports. And a few of the guys that were playing uh, playing at college, uh, they were playing a game against Sanitarium and uh, Avondale had put together a team and they came into my place and they said, yeah, we need a forward, you know, come play. I said, there's no, in the way, there's no way in the world I'm going to go and play because the only thing I'm going to do is murder somebody in my heart and then I'll end up doing it physically on the, on the field. So I said to myself, you know what, if I'm going get to get into shape or do something, I'm going to... I'll, I'll, I'll go to the gym and I'll, 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 I'll train there. So that's what I did. I went to the gym, but because I hadn't been to the gym in such a long time, I said, I'm going to go to the gym in a time where there's hardly anybody there. So when I get back into shape and stuff, then I'll go when it's packed out. So I went to the gym and um, during lunchtime where everybody's having something to eat, and I went there and I, the gym is split up in three sections. You got the first section where it's just like cardio. And then in the, you know, where you got the running machines and the rowing machines. And in the middle, you got all like the machine work. Uh, and then on the other side, you've got like uh, just the free weights. And everybody wants to get into the free weights to lift big weights. But, you know, you, you go through those, the cardio first, and then you, the machines, and then you get into the free weights. So I was in the middle section, you know, just, just training in there. And I, all I can hear in the other room is this loud banging sound. I just boom, boom. And I'm thinking to myself, like, who is that? 
Like, to me, I thought, like, you know, whoever that is, is surely going to walk out somebody that's going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Finally, when I walked in there, there's a 75-year-old Maltese man just deadlifting 220 kilos. Boom! 220 kilos, he was just smashing it. And I looked at him, I thought, wow, you know, I want to go ask this guy. But every time I try to talk to him, he's really grumpy. He doesn't, doesn't really like talking to people. I found out later on that this guy... He was six-time world champion powerlifter, and he was living in Kurumbong. So I started to annoy him, you know, just to get him to see if he would train me. And the one thing that frustrates him more than anything is when somebody is training, but they're doing all the wrong movements. And he has seen me in the gym, and I was doing all the wrong movements. And so as, he's, as he comes in and he sees me squatting, I'm, I'm like looking at the mirror while I'm squatting. And um, he, walks over, he, he walks past me and stops and he says, look up when you squat. Stop looking at yourself. Started to learn a few things. And then he eventually came to me and says, you want to start training? You want to do it properly? You meet me here at six o'clock on Monday. So I said to him, okay, I'll be there. I was prepping myself up for it, you know, and I was telling, I was telling myself, I was telling others, you know, watch this, I'm going to kill it. I turned up at six o'clock that Monday. He was ready for me. That one training session I had with him, it was like, it was like going through the fire. You know, he, he took me for two hours of training. And after those two hours, like, we didn't even get to like half an hour. I wanted to give up. But he kept on telling me, hurry up. If you can last with me two weeks, then I'll take you seriously. If you can't last with me two weeks, they never come and bother me again. So after that one day of training, that first day of training, I, I left that place and I thought to myself, I had to try and, you know, push myself to think, hey, you could do this tomorrow. And then I was thinking of excuses not to come. And then this one moment where I remember at the end of the week, I, th- I thought I couldn't, I couldn't do another week of it. And I texted him and I said to him, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And he texts me back and he said to me, all right, that's okay. You do what you have to do, you cat. I thought, oh, so I'll see you there at 6.30. And I end up turning up. And every training session that we're going through, the one thing he was saying is, just bring your body under subjection to your mind. Bring your body under subjection to your mind. Your, your, your mind, it's, it's most of your training and the things that you're going to go through is more mental than anything. What you're going to go through is just going to grow you every single time you, 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 you go on, you, you're struggling and you're, and you're in pain. You just got to go through it and you, you just keep going through it. And every time you go through, you become stronger and it's all here. It's all mental. I reflect on that as I'm reading this, as I'm reading what Paul is saying. He's talking about the athletes of the Estimian Games that were held in Corinth. Many of these guys that Paul was talking about used to train their bodies so that they could go through things. And he said, he said to them that you got to, everyone's got to like run this race. Then I'm reminded as I'm looking at the scriptures that God calls us something. And I love the analogy that he uses in the Old Testament about how he sees us. And, and here's, his, here's his analogy. God says, this third, is found in Zechariah 13, 9. This third I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people. See, God sees us and he says, my people shall be gold and they shall be silver. And I'm wondering, how do you refine gold and silver? And 
The Bible tells us that God refines us through fire. He he allows us people to go through certain things. And this is the thing about God. He understands everything that we go through. He is in control of all things. Whether God allowed it to happen or whether God made it happen, at the end of the day, God is in control of it. And sometimes he's going to make things happen because he realizes that he needs to strengthen you in some areas. And sometimes God allows for things to happen because God is not responsible for every single thing that happens. He's not responsible for all the bad things that happen. Sometimes he allows for certain bad things to happen. Like we, we look back at the, the life of many men in the scriptures and I've seen many of them go through the fire. We can start with Joseph who went through these trials in his life because God had already a plan for him. But And the plan that God had for him, he gave it at the very beginning of his story by saying that a lot of his family and the world will bow down to him he knew, God knew that he was going to rule Egypt one day, but God had, to, God had to test him. God had to see, he had to test the integrity of his metal, whether he was gold or whether he was something of less quality. So you see the lives of these men that go through things. God is going to allow them to go through things because he wants to test them to see whether they would emerge stronger or whether they would disintegrate. Now look at what he says to the children of Israel after years of of falling away from him. He says in Ezekiel 22, verse 17 to 18, he says, The word of the Lord came to me saying, and Ezekiel's talking to the children of Israel who have fallen so far away from him. They've gone through some things, but by going through these things, they ended up falling away from God instead of becoming stronger. Here's what it says. The word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. They are all like bronze and tin. He said in the beginning that he was supposed to, they were supposed to be like gold and silver and they end up becoming like bronze and tin. When I was a kid, I used to work at my uncle's, um, uh, at a factory where my uncle used to work just to make a few dollars. And he used to work at a place called Mithman Tap Makers. And they used to make a lot of taps out of bronze and, and tin. Now, what they used to do is they used to shine tin up and they used to shine um, bronze up. They used to shine these metals up. Do you realize what bronze looked like when you shine it up? It gives that effect that it looks like what? Gold. And then when you shine tin up, it gives that effect like it, it looks like what? It looks like silver. God was saying, I want you to be gold and I want you to be silver, but you have become bronze and tin. You give this effect like you look like gold, you look like silver, but when you go through the fire, you disintegrate. When you go through your trials, you're gone. You're no longer there. But here's the thing about gold and silver. When they go through the fire, they may change shape, but they never lose value. And in fact, I heard from somebody else that they don't just lose, they don't just, they don't just, they don't just maintain, but they, the, the, the fire adds to the value. So I'm thinking the things that God allows us to go through or the things that God takes us through, they may give you scars, but they make you stronger. And I look at myself and I see I've got a lot of scars on my body and every single scar tells a story. And every single scar reminds me of something. But not only does it remind me of something, it teaches me something. It teaches me that I will never allow this to happen to me again. But also it tells me that I'm going to warn somebody else, you know, because I've been through it. Whenever I go somewhere and 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 I'm afraid of trying something out, I always want to go with somebody who's been through something. 
Or, you know, one of, one of my greatest fears, I'm going to put it out there, one of my greatest fears is flying. I hate flying. I, my, my grandfather was like that. He, he lived in the islands and he was afraid of flying and he never came to visit us because of his fear of flying. And I hate flying. And you know what? When, when, when you see the, when you hear a pilot that, that's been through the storm, those are the sorts of pilots you, you can sit in a plane with and be comfortable. You've got to be careful of the ones that said they've never been through one. So when we're going through things and, we, and, and, and God allows us to go through some things and we fall or whatever happens to us, we get up, we, we, we dust it off. But here's the thing, the, what, the experience that you went through, you can help somebody else. The experience that you went through, you can help somebody else. And I heard somebody say it before. They said, Rome, you know, your mess will become your message. Your tests will become your testimony. Whatever the devil throws at you, you can use that. You can use what you've been through to encourage somebody else. When he throws darts at you, I was watching a documentary randomly where these two Asian tribes are going out at each other. And one of the Asian tribes ran out of ammunition. And so what they did was... Uh, they, were, they, they thought, you know, we're done. You know, we, we don't have enough arrows. So they made these like fake looking dummies, you know, these bodies. And what they did was they just threw it over the wall and the enemy just shot all these arrows at them. And when all these arrows filled these dummies, they put it in. They said, thank you very much. Pulled out all the, uh, the arrows and, and they fired it back. Here's the thing. Well, the devil will be throwing arrows at you. And when they throw arrows at you, yeah, thank you very much. You fire it back and say, you know what? You just took me through. I'm going to use it, get stronger, and I'm going to warn somebody else. You know, that's the way God wants us to be. You know, he wants us to be gold, and he wants us to be silver. Don't just stand there looking as if you're gold, but then you're not under pressure. Revealing to others that you're actually bronze, you're actually tin. God wants us to be gold and silver. And you know what? We may go through things thinking that God can't hear us. God can't see us. He's right there. He's right there. He can see. He can hear everything that you're going through. But here's the thing. I had a friend of mine I was doing Bible studies with. And he's been wrestling with so many things, right? He's been wrestling. The number one thing that he's been wrestling with, he was wrestling with smoking. And he said to me, you know, Rome, I'll come to your church, but but I'm smoking, man. I don't want to walk into your church and just burst into a ball of flames. In my mind, I was thinking, man, if you burst into a ball of flames, I'll burst into a ball of flames. So I invited him, you got to come. So he came. He enjoyed it. And he kept coming. But he had this guilt in his heart because he felt like he wasn't right with God. And so he would tell me after about two months, he goes, dude, uh, I, I, I'll let you come pick me up for church again. But it's just, you know, I'm just, I'm just far from God at the moment, man. I'm, just, I'm still struggling with smoking. I said, well, good for you, brother. I'll come pick you up. We'll go to church. So we picked him up and took him to church. And it's not that the church, it's, it's not that walking into this building is going to make him something. I just wanted to have this relationship with him where me and him could hang out. And I knew that this was a, a day we, we, we could hang out. And, and I knew I, I can't do anything to help him in, in, in that area. But I knew that if I keep walking with him and leading him, pointing him to somebody that I know that can help him, he'll do something for him. So here's the thing. After about a year and a half, he says to me, Rome, he rings me up. He says, Rome, you know what? I, I want to... I want to get baptized, man. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, I want to get, I want to get baptized, man. I've just been convicted about some things, man. I, I want to give my life to God. I want to put my, my life in his hands. And I said, oh, sweet. Good for you. Awesome. Got off the phone. He rings me back up and he says, oh, Rome, one more thing. So yeah, it's been two months since I last had a smoke, man. 
I said, good for you, bro. I'll come pick you up. To me, his struggle and his battle was with, with God, and God was going to do the work of, of bringing him to that place where he can help him get through the challenges that he's faced with in life. And, and he's struggling with this, and I'm, I'm telling him, listen, I'd rather you struggle with, with, with your weaknesses than for you to become comfortable with them. We battle and we go through things. I'm going to read this final text. Again, Zechariah 13, 9. This third I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. See this picture of God taking us through the fire and he's, he's cheering us on. He's right there in the heat with us. You know, he can, he, he can feel our pain. And thing is, he can see us because he's God, but we can't see him. And I, I watched this movie called, called, called Ray because I used to grow up listening to his music, this blind pianist. And in the movie, there's this part where he's a kid and he loses his vision and, and his mother has this heart for him and she, she gives everything to him. She does everything for him. And, and you know, she, she's like, she can't, she can't leave him alone because he, he's lost his eyesight, you see. But then it dawned on her one day, she said, he's, he's got to go out there into the world and I can't, I can't always be there, but I have to prepare him for the world. And the world is cruel. The world is nasty. So I'm going to have to prepare him for it. So while she's out there one day, she's just like hanging out the clothes. The boy falls and the very first thing he does like always when he falls, mom, mom, she hears him. And like, like always, she just comes running in and she sees him on the ground and she wants to dive in and pick him up and tell him it's okay. But you know what? She has to prepare him for the world so she, she stops and she goes under her breath she says get up Ray get up you can do it Ray can't see her he can't even hear her and he's still calling out and in his heart he thinks his, his crying out is in vain because can't see her can't hear her but she's right there looking at him saying you get up everything I taught you you get up now and she's cheering him on but she can't see her and slowly and surely he stands up and he looks around he grabs the plate and takes it to the kitchen and she's weeping as she's watching him everything that she taught him came to his memory when he thought about how many times he's fallen and let me tell you something many of us may fall so many times and we cry out in prayer we say Lord, Lord, Lord and we can't hear him, we can't see him and we think that he can't hear us but he's right there cheering you on you can do it because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that he will never allow us to go through something that he knows that you can't handle Every trial that you go through, God understands and He knows you can handle it. Somebody told you you couldn't do it. The enemy of souls whispered that in your heart. Your very flesh tells you that you couldn't do it. But God who created you says you can stand up. You can do it. Because if you couldn't, I wouldn't have brought you to it. And the amazing thing about Jesus is He too has scars. And when his body transformed and went to heaven, he didn't want to get rid of those scars. You know why? He says, I want to leave those scars here because those scars will tell me a story. Those scars tell me what I did for my people. 
those scars will always tell me it has a story and I'm going to tell the story and this story is going to be told for from eternity to eternity and I'm telling you what scars do you have what scars do you have what stories do they tell and how can you encourage somebody else how can your mess become a message when you stand up and fire those arrows straight back by the grace of God my prayer is going to be very specific today. I want to pray for each and every one of you that may be going through some things. Then I'm also going to pray for you who have some scars and have second thoughts about continuing on with whatever, you, whatever journey you're on with God. And finally, I'm going to pray for those who haven't yet begun their journey and don't have the scars yet, but the road ahead, the road ahead is waiting let me pray. Father in heaven, first and foremost, Lord, we want to thank you for giving us your son. And up there, he could have, he could have gotten rid of those scars, but he chose to keep them because of his love for us. Because those scars tell a story. Now, Father, before me are your children, your students. Some of them, Father, have been going through some things. They've got the scars to prove it. And Father, those scars, they don't need to tell you what they are because, Father, you can see them, you read them, you understand them. Father, my prayer is that you will encourage them today. Let them know that you're there, Lord. Let them know that you are in, you are cheering, cheering them on. And Father, some of us here have given up when we fell the first time or the second time. But Lord, I just want to pray for them, I uplift them to you that you will empower them again. Somewhere along the line, somebody spoke to them. The enemy said something. Their flesh told them something about, Father, I want you to just come into their lives, Lord, and just revive that spirit in them again and let them know that no matter how many times they fall, that you're always going to be there for us to give us what we need to point us in the right direction, to give us the strength and the energy to do what is impossible for us. And Father, finally, some of us haven't been on a journey and some of us don't have the scars yet, but Lord, I just want to pray that you will give them the mental attitude and the spiritual strength that when they do fall or when they do make mistakes or when the enemy hits them, that Lord, you will not allow the enemy to, dis- to, to destroy them, that you'll strengthen them and add value to them when they're going through the fire. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Let everyone here say, Amen. God bless you.